Hello, friends. Welcome to a very special Masters Preview Edition of the Boyd Meets World podcast. Joining me tonight is golf aficionado Caleb Clearman. And he will help me pick golfers for a Masters pool that we are both in. Uh, stay tuned for a chance to win a cash prize. Dead serious. And to learn a lot about what will go down over the next four days at Augusta. Also, that lovely Masters theme song you're hearing uh, in a guitar version is brought to you by Dan Sniffen, who is a golf instructor in Colorado uh, that is now my best friend because I found his intro on YouTube. I asked him if I could use it for podcast music, and he's so graciously allowed for that to happen. So thank you so much to Dan Sniffen. All right, uh, we are not going to do the intro live because I didn't have one prepared, but I do want to start with a with a like semi rant, semi monologue. So buckle up. Okay. All right. Um, it's been a great year for gambling for, for myself. Um, I won, this matters to no one, uh, but I, I won two fantasy football championships. Uh, I just won your bracket. Um, I set up maybe the greatest survivor pool that's ever been created. Can anyone argue with that? Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay. Uh, we convinced, Still still mad I didn't win. You only have yourself to thank for that one because you trusted Grayson Allen. Yeah. Uh, and we convinced people to finally start paying money for fantasy basketball. Yeah. Albeit our teams, you and I's teams, were hot garbage, and I have no idea who won the league this year. Yeah, well, Nate and Riley tied in the first round of the playoffs, and it just it like broke the entire league. So I don't know if anyone won. Perfect, but at least we have yeah. everyone's money, and it, it's yeah. it's gonna happen for a long time. Uh, all I care about, um, I correctly guessed two of six Super Bowl props this year. Okay. I picked the Raptors under, uh, Cavs over, and Pistons under this year. So what I'm realizing is that this was not an amazing gambling year for myself. Um, it's kind of like gambling in general, but my, my gambling is a microcosm for that. I've had some highs and I've had some lows. And uh, instead of taking the natural signal to just stop gambling, I'm going to keep doing more of it. So here we are for a Masters Pool preview pod. Here we are. Right? That was a roundabout way of getting there, but we got there. Um, so we're going into a pretty cool Masters. And I think it's cool... Um, because if I care about it, then that means that the non-golf hardcores care about it. Uh, you are a golf hardcore. So give me, other than the obvious, uh, this one guy, Tiger Woods, is gonna is, is playing golf again. Give me the, the non-Tiger top three storylines heading into this, week, this week's Masters. Um, so the start of the... The PGA Tour season, I know that most people golf, it starts uh, this weekend, but there's been like an absurd amount of playoffs. It seems like every tournament has gone to like a sudden death playoff. Um, There was a stretch where it was like six weeks in a row earlier this year. Um, So I think that speaks to just the level of competition that we have on tour right now there's more good players on the pga tour right now than ever before so i think that's kind of the one big storyline like there's easily 20 guys that could win this tournament and if it happened it would be like oh yeah that 
that makes a lot of sense. So I think that's probably the biggest storyline going in is that we we're going to sit here and try to pick who's going to win this thing, but really it's a total crapshoot. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, number two, I would say is if Rory McIlroy can complete the career Grand Slam. Um, he kind of burst onto the scene and won the first three legs of it relatively quickly and was just dominating everyone and hasn't won um, a major in a few years. Uh, he came close to winning the Masters in 2011 and then had just a explosion on the back nine on Sunday. Um, and that's kind of been the narrative with him ever since that took place. But he's coming in playing pretty solid golf lately. He just won a, the Arnold Palmer a couple weekends ago. And his putting there was just incredible. So if he can putt like he did there, he's going to be really tough to beat this week. Solid. Um, and then third, I think, I mean, you mentioned Tiger being back. That That's obviously huge. But we have another guy from that era who's been playing really good golf this year, and Phil Mickelson. Uh, he won down in Mexico earlier this year and has five top tens already. So it'd be pretty awesome to see if him and Tiger duke it out on sunday i know they played together a practice round today and there was a bunch of people following that so if those two could be paired up on the weekend that would be incredible there seems to be all, all great stuff there there seems to be this kind of now that tiger is back he's finished top five at a couple tournaments um in the last few months definitely the the tiger tracker twitter account has started to pick up some steam um there's there's videos of him all over twitter any, any thursday through saturday it's 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 what you want to see but there seems to be this kind of reverence being paid to him. Um, Justin Thomas was saying, like, you know, uh, I think after he won a tournament, it was like, no one's here to see me. It's all Tiger. And Fred Couples was like, oh, it looks like uh, he, this is Tiger from 2008, not 2018. Um, is this kind of like uh, he's earned it? Like, no no other golfers really believe that he's this good it's just kind of the it's the nice thing to say for how for how good he's been in the past or do you think that there is a genuine um kind of like slight fear of how how scary it is to have tiger woods confident and swinging well again for other golfers um i would i would say it's a little of both um i mean his history at augusta is unbelievable um he's I mean, probably the second best player in the history of this tournament behind Jack Nicklaus. Um, but yeah, I think there's, I think guys are genuine, genuinely scared of him this week. Uh, you know, the past couple of times he's tried to come back from injury, you could tell that he wasn't all the way healthy, mm -hmm. that he was still hurting. Um, but yeah, these last couple of weeks, just watching him, he, he's like totally confident in his back and his swing. He's been just absolutely annihilating the golf ball. So, yeah, I think, I think this version of the Tiger comeback is different than what we've had in the past for sure. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. Like we can tell it from how other people are talking about it, but also from how he's acting. I, I feel like in in previous comeback attempts, he's kind of been uncharacteristically happy-go-lucky happy to be there um a little more like ready Literally. for yeah relatable ready for media like buddy buddy with other players and then in this practice round that you mentioned immediately afterwards he doesn't he doesn't talk to anybody goes straight back to to uh 
I, th- I think to, to the range after that, um, there's kind of this like internal feeling. I think that, like this internal pressure in him of, okay, you're feeling it. You really don't know how many years you have left because his spine is fused together by God knows what country's best medicine right now. Um, so I think that there's kind of this now or never, and eh, not now or never, but like, de- like definitely go for it now while you're feeling healthy and playing well um, for Tiger. Am I wrong there? No, I, I think I think you're totally right. And like I said, you, you can tell this is the best he's felt in the last few years. I mean, he hasn't been at Augusta for uh, two years now. Um, and I mean, he loves that golf course. He said it before. He, he's played so well there in the past. He knows every nook and cranny. Um, so, yeah, I think on top of feeling well, I think he feels like he knows this golf course better than anyone else in the, in the field. So he, he has some tricks up his sleeve for sure. Yeah. It'll be exciting to see. I think that first round will tell us a lot about, um, how things are going to shape up. Um, but it's going to have everyone, get everyone, um, changing tabs at their work computers for sure on Thursday afternoon, um, as things are, are getting going there. So, uh, lots of tiger stuff to talk about, but, um, I think it kind of goes without saying that that's, uh, that's whatever on what is on everyone's mind. I'm sure we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, we're going to go over this pool though. This pool was brought to me by a, a former coworker of mine, um, when I was teaching and she, her boyfriend runs it super cool pool. Uh, you basically draft a team of five golfers. Um, there's five different categories of golfers, and they're they're based off of basically their ability. So you know the the, the first class is the Jordan Spieths, the Dustin Tom or the Dustin Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas is the world, the best golfers out there. Um, and you pick one from that category, one from the second category, third, fourth, and fifth. That's your team of five golfers. They go through the it's, the, it's broken down by world golf ranking. So like the first group is the top 15, the second group is the the next 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by the end of it, you know, you have the the old guys that just automatically get entered into Augusta every year. Absolutely. One caveat is that Tyler or Tiger is in the first group even though his world golf ranking is currently 103rd um just because I think everyone knows how how Tiger gets picked in these sort of things, and how 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 much everyone wants to to pick him. So he is he is in the first category of golfers in there with the best golfers on earth, whether that's deserved uh, or not. At this point, we will find out. Um, so what I'll do it's kind of a it's kind of a tough one over audio, but I will I will give you the list um, of of category one golfers, and we're gonna pick two guys from each of these because we're gonna jointly together uh, do do two entries here and see how we do. Um, so we're going to pick two golfers from each category, starting with the first one. So I'll just read it off. Um, listeners, you can, you can kind of, um, follow along. I'll post an image of what, what we're talking about here alongside of it. Um, but the first group here contains Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, John Rom, John Rom. There we go. Uh, the spot, the Spaniard there, Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose, Hideki Matsuyama, Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, Sergio Garcia, Jason Day, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Paul Casey, Henrik Stenson, Alex Noren, and then Tiger Eldrick Woods. So, uh, sixteen guys there in that group. Who uh, who do you like in this? And in terms of strategy, kind of how do you think um, in this one? Because this is kind of your bell cow. You need this this player to definitely score um, to carry the rest of the team. Uh, yeah. So. 
the first thing I wanted to say was it's kind of a bummer that uh, Fleetwood, Casey, Stenson, and Norin were included in this group because I think those would have been excellent picks in the second group, but we don't get to pick how this is broken down. Um, so I kind of laid out my own strategy for these. Um, my my first entry, I kind of picked uh, who I think is going to be more favorites, and then my second entry was kind of guys that I don't think are going to be picked as much. So we can maybe mix and match or keep it like that. I like uh, it. But I think I think the first group, we definitely have to take Tiger just because if he does win or play really well and we don't pick him, we're going to look like idiots. So I, I totally agree, and that is one way of thinking. And I, I just want to, to see if there's another way to conceptualize this here of if Tiger wins – we would feel amazing without the financial perspective. Absolutely. <laughs> so we don't really need, I mean, it would, it would be awesome to also jointly have that. But in that same vein of like a lot of people are going to pick tiger kind of those. Uh, I mean, you could, you could be informed and still pick tiger here, but you're leaving a lot of strokes on the table against, um, you know, some, some guys who have been doing better for a little bit longer than tiger has recently by picking him. So I guess what I'm trying to say out here is a lot of people are going to pick tiger. You're going to be rooting for him regardless. So running the risk of him, you know, shooting even over four days and losing out on a guy like speed who might, you know, finish six or seven under. Is there some, Uh, some logic there? I have one, one rebuttal to that. Um, I'm going to read you a list of, of numbers. Let's do it. I like numbers. Uh, I'm one, a blog boy. One, eight, 18th, fifth, one, one, 15, 22, one, three, two, two, six, four, four, 40th, four, 17. These are Tiger Woods finishes at Augusta. Yeah. Boom. That 40 is the only number that, that we wouldn't want to see in this type of pool. Correct. However, the guy has never missed the cut at Augusta which is also very important in this uh, little pool here because if you pick someone that misses the cut your weekend score for those rounds is 85 I believe which is brutal which is brutal so I think regardless of what you were saying I think Tiger is a safe pick I know that sounds kind of crazy but I think he's a safe pick yeah I I get that and it's it and I you you fully, you fully swung me with a little more hard data than to kind of what that that sentiment that I was feeling there. Um, so yeah, let's let's definitely pick Tiger. You don't have to convince me too hard to do that. Um, in a, in a Tigerless world though, who who would you pick? So who's our second uh, second in Group One? Um, I had two guys that I think either either pick is going to work out. I had Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas. Okay. So uh, my my uh, theory here is Jordan Spieth has played in four Masters and has hit two bad shots, really. Unfortunately for him, they were both on the same hole. Um, but, I mean, you can argue that guy plays the best golf he plays at Augusta. Um, and he's a very good golfer. He's a very good golfer. So by that same logic, um, 
less of a sample size with Spieth because his his playing career has been shorter than Tiger's. And this was a trivia question I had saved for you later. Um, but there's two guy two guys have that are current golfers have the lowest 72 hole score at Augusta. Um, it was Tiger in '97 and Jordan Spieth in, in 2015. So uh, Spieth, just like an eight foot putt on the 18th green, that would have broken that record. But he was so far ahead that it didn't even matter. Exactly right. He was lapping everyone in that that tournament, um, and would have danced on some graves if he had dropped that putt on 18. So if if we're taking guys with a with a tr- proven track record at Augusta, um, and just I mean, obviously you're picking from great golfers here all around, but you don't want any sort of variance or risk that, that your bell cow is not going to perform well. I think you can take Spieth fully confident that he's going to finish under uh, over 72, no? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to be right in the hunt for sure. Okay. Uh, I have absolutely no problem taking taking Spieth as, as our, our second guy. Who, who would be, if you had to, to choose another guy, um, from that list, or actually, just talk a little bit about why you were upset that that Fleetwood, Casey, Stenson, and Norin um, of those four guys, who who was the the guy that you m- maybe would have picked for this one? Um, well, if Alex Norin had been in the second group, he would have far and away been my first choice for that group too. Um, Norin's a guy that a lot of people don't really know about um, from Sweden, who's been playing full time on the pga tour this year and has like six top 10 finishes already he's been playing really good golf um and he's uh world ranking has kind of skyrocketed this year a little bit so that's why he's in that first group but Mm -hmm. uh really good iron player which is super important at uh augusta um yeah he's he's been really impressive early this year so he probably would have been my pick if he was in group two all right all right, so keep an eye on Alex Noren. He will not be our pick here, but um, he might be making waves from Thursday through Sunday. Uh, moving on to Group 2 then. In uh, in Group 2, um, this is where some pronunciations start to get a little little off the rail here, so feel free to correct me um, or just throw up your shoulder or throw up your hands in, in shrugs. If I have no idea how to pronounce that either if it gets to that. Uh, first one, I might blow this immediately. Mark Leishman. Yeah. Woo! All right. Uh, Tyrell Hatton, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, both those guys have won Masters in the previous years. Uh, Matt Kuchar, the best player to never win a major as of yet. Uh, Pat Perez, Rafael Cabrera Bello, uh, Brian Harmon, Patrick Reed, Kevin Kisner, here we go. Xander. You, you want me to get this one? Yeah, please. Xander Shoffley. There we go. Uh, Francesco Molinari, Charlie Hoffman, Ian Poulter, and I think I have bar- this one. The Barn Rat, yes. yeah. Barn Rat. Kiradesh up at Monrat. Uh he uh he loves to just destroy stogies on the course. So I am I am new to the Barn Rat fan club, but he's uh he's up there for me. Yeah, uh, for all of you that don't follow uh golf too closely, the Barn Rat said he plays golf so he can buy Ferraris and Yeezys. He's golf's bad boy, folks. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about the, what I was, what I, uh, the golf bad boy that I came across in my, my research here when he comes up here in a little bit. Um, but of group two, there's, there's two former masters winners here. Um, a guy that you had mentioned in your, your storylines coming in, Phil Mickelson playing well in this. I was surprised to see Phil in that second group, but Phil and Bubba both seem like, like strong picks in this round. Um, that would be my temptation is to take those two guys right off the bat, but uh, who, who else in this group would you would you consider taking? 
Yeah, I I think Bubba is going to be picked by a lot of people in this pool just because he has won at Augusta twice in the past and has been playing super well um, to start the year. He's got two wins at Riviera and then won the match play last week. Um, so, yeah, Bubba will probably be a popular pick, which I kind of want to stay away from him just because of that. Um, sure. Yeah, but my, my two guys... Um, I think if we're picking Tiger, we have to pick Phil just just for the hell of it. And I think we put those guys in the same ticket. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. All right. I mean, there's there's not a lot that we need to say about Phil. I mean, he's won there three times. And like I said earlier, he has five top tens and ten starts this year. Um, he's been playing really well, hitting his irons really good, which is, like I said, very important at Augusta. Another guy who will undoubtedly make the cut. Yeah, absolutely, and it, he'll probably be there right in the hunt. He always seems to to be there on Sunday at Augusta. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so my, we got Phil and my second guy. Um, kind of a shot in the dark here, but I really like Tyrell Hatton, um, young English player. Um, he's he's been playing over in Europe the last couple of years, but has shown out in a couple of majors and in uh, world golf events. Uh, the big reason I like Hatton is that he is a top 10 putter on tour. Um, his iron play lacks a little bit, but he definitely makes up for that on the greens. And I think he's a guy that is probably going to get skipped over in this uh, pool. But, I mean, he's ranked 17th in the world. It's not like he's a bad player by any means. Tyrell Hatton is, is uh, from, from England and has some very I'm from England teeth. I will, I will do, show, oh, tell you that yeah. much. <laughs> Definitely from my uh, my Google image search. So that's that's an extent of my golf knowledge, folks. Of as soon as Caleb said Tyrell Haddon, I didn't go to stats or say, mm, yeah, Tyrell Haddon. I went straight to Google images, so I know what this guy looks like uh, over over Thursday through Sunday. Looks like a good time. And uh, so you mentioned that he's he, his main attribute here is the putting that you brought up. Um, Rory McIlroy said earlier this week that you don't necessarily have to be an amazing putter to really do well at mass at the at, at the masters um so why is it that his putting is uh, is attracting you to pick him um yeah there's there's kind of two trains of thought uh at how to win at augusta um one is that you need to hit the ball in the right place and two is that you have to be a really good putter um jordan spieth has been both of those things in the past um but, I mean, in order to win golf tournaments, you have to make putts regardless of where you put the ball on the green. And Hatton is definitely a guy that can make putts from anywhere. So mm-hmm. and he's going to make birdies. That bo- yeah, that bodes well for his uh, his not making – or his, his making the cut status as well. Um, not really the line of thinking you want to have from a guy in group two uh, who's ranked as highly as Hatton is in the world, but – missing the cut would be brutal um and also late in rounds he can kind of get you some strokes um with that putting ability even if he even if he isn't in the mix in the first couple of days um so i like that logic there uh who would be your your third place if we're if we're ruling bubba out um is it matt kuchar's final final chance to to win a major here or is is this going to happen yeah, Cooch would be a good pick. Uh, he played super well last year, had that hole and went on 16 down the stretch to make things a little interesting. Um, he's played well at Augusta in the past. Uh, he, I mean, he would definitely be a safe pick. He'll he'll probably make the cut. Um, 
I just don't think he really has what it takes to win, especially at Augusta. Um, he doesn't hit it as far off the tee. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he would definitely be a safe pick, but I think for group group two, it'd be good to go with Phil, who we know is going to make the cut, and then my logic there was pick someone that won't probably be picked as much, but could be a dark horse to maybe even win this thing. I like it. I like it. Um, and someone new for me to, to attach my eyes to. So I'm all for uh, Mr. Hatton there in group two. Let's move on to group three. Uh, here in this group, we have Louis Oosthuizen, uh, Gary Woodland, Brandon Grace. Brandon spelled with an E at the end, so he is automatically disqualified for me picking him. Uh, Tony Finnau, Patrick Cantlay, Ross Fisher, Daniel Berger, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Kevin Chappelle, Brennan Steele, Webb Simpson, Lee Houtong, Adam Hadwin, Kyle Stanley, and Cameron Smith. Who jumps out from there? Only one previous Masters winner in that group, and that's Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, who who's your who is your first first inclination in this this group of names is is not as as full of um, of, of names that other people have heard of. So there's less kind of that thought that you have with Bubba of a lot of people are going to pick Bubba in this group. So who in this group of, of kind of lesser known golfers stood out to you? Yeah, this is, I think where you're going to win this little pool. Mm-hmm. Um, these, like you said, aren't going to be guys that are going to be contending on Sunday to win, but you got to make sure that you pick guys here that are going to make the cut. Right. Um, so right, right away, a guy that jumped out to me is Kevin Chappell. Um, I like Kevin Chappell. Yeah, he's he's been playing really good golf this year uh, and absolutely destroys the ball off the tee, so that's always fun to root for and watch. Uh, I think he's like 10th in stroked gains off the tee this year on tour, um, which is, an, again, a very important thing at Augusta. You have to put the ball in the fairway and in the right place in order to get at these greens um yeah he's, so I, he's I, also I, yeah he's also ninth in strokes gained from t to green um so he's driving well and following it up well all the way to the green which is a good sign for a place as we just mentioned that you don't necessarily i mean other than in that other school of thought where you don't have to be just a uh you know a scorching putter to win yeah the the big thing with augusta and like this is what Rory was talking about earlier that you mentioned is these greens are so undulated and slope so severely that you have to be in the right locations if you're going to make putts. Um, so a lot of the time a big stat on tour is proximity to the hole. Um, at Augusta, that's not as much true. Like you, you have to be more in the right area. You'd rather have a 15 foot putt up the hill than a five or four foot foot putt down the hill that breaks a bunch um so chapel like we said really good off the tee and to the green um so if he's in the right spots he he'll be able to make some putts definitely okay so we got we got chapel do we attach him to the tiger phil ticket or to the uh to the speed hatton ticket um well let me give you my my other pick and then we can decide um unfortunately you ruled him out because i had brandon grace um Regardless of the spelling of his first name, Brandon Grace is one of the best iron players that we have in this field. Uh, the last few years, he's been right in the hunt at a couple of different 
majors. Uh, people would probably remember at the U.S. Open that Spieth won. Uh, he played in that second-to-last group with Spieth and hooked one out of bounds on uh, – that was 16. Uh, he was actually in the lead at that point. So he's been in some big pressure situations. And like I said earlier, really good iron player. So he'll be able to attack some flags and, and get the ball in good spots to make some putts. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know nothing about Brennan Grace. And so I, I will have to default to you in terms of, of knowledge. But is there anyone else that we can pick? <laughs> Uh, listen, the only other Brandon I know that spelled his name like that was Brandon Dawson, who also squandered an incredible amount of talent um, from Michigan State into the NBA. Um, so it's it's not only is it just you know kind of blind uh, stupidity on my part choosing a, to, to attack this name, but I have one other name to to provide empirical evidence that this name is not going to be successful. Um. There's a couple other guys that I like. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen would be a good pick here. Um, he'll he'll probably get picked quite a bit for this group just because of his past success at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Brandon Grace, really good iron player. Um, two other guys that kind of jumped out at me were Ross Fisher and Matt Fitzpatrick, both English players, but they've struggled to start the year, so that would be kind of a scary pick for both of those guys. Right. Um, I, I've seen Adam Hadwin's name come up a little bit in, in terms of, of sleepers or bargains for, for a lot of this. Any any, any steam on, on Hadwin? Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to squeeze anything out of anything, but... Hadwin's been playing really good golf to start the year. Um, I think he's he's got a couple of top tens already. Um, and played well at the World Golf. So, yeah, he, he'd be a good pick. Um, I'd be okay with that. So I, I've successfully talked you off the, the EN train here. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if, <laughs> if you're going to hold that over my head, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I think y- your logic here about Oosthuizen is, is, is especially pertinent because there's literally a star next to Oosthuizen's name that on this pool signifying that he's won a Masters before. And whether or not you actually know that Oosthuizen's won a, a Masters or not, psychologically, you're going to pick the guy with the star next to his name. Um, so I like I like the logic of not picking him in these kind of similarly priced and similarly um, able to to make uh, to to score golfers here. So I like that. Um, I will I will trade you. Just you you may pick the rest of this. I have one other guy that I really want to. Uh, two other guys that I really want to be a stand for. But I'm I'm curious to see what you have. Um, so you gave me the Brandon Grace thing here. So I will I will afford you one one uh kind of tiebreaker in the future okay. in this in this picking here we'll so move are, we, are we gonna go hadwin we are gonna go hadwin okay so where where are we gonna are we gonna put him with the tiger group or in the jordan spieth group this is where i would defer to you um sounds like if we're gonna go <sighs> let's put let's put chapel in the spieth group and hadwin with tiger and phil just because we know those two guys are probably going to make the cut mm-hmm. um and adwin is kind of a up and down guy really really high upside okay low downside um so let's put him there let's do that um all right so so our, our two pools so far we have tiger phil and adam hadwin uh and then jordan spieth tyrell hadden and kevin chapel um uh, moving into group four uh doing a quick pronunciation 
thing here. So if you see me, if you hear me pause, you know what to do here. Uh, Thomas Peters, Chez Riavi, or Rivi? Rivi. Rivi. That's easier. Uh, Satoshi Kaida, or Kodaira, uh, Jason Duffner, Dylan Fratelli, Siwoo Kim, uh, Patton Kaziri. Uh, Kizri, yeah. Kizri, bang, bang. Uh, Russell Henley, Jonathan Vegas, which is a fantastic name. Uh, Yuta Ikeda, Zach Johnson, former Masters winner. Uh, Bern Wiesberger, Charles Schwartzel, Yusaku Miyazoto, and Adam Scott in that group. There was one name that stood out to me, but I'm going to keep my mouth quiet because I I had my way last round. Uh, who was it? Who jumped off the page to you? It was Adam Scott. Okay, um, yeah. I, I picked him as one of my guys for this group. Great. Yeah, former Masters winner. Um, great from – he's seventh in, in strokes gain tee to green. Um, an, an abysmal putter. Just, But he has won this as an abys- abysmal putter before. Um, so I, I like his, his chances just to to do well. And we're getting so late that you might as well take a guy with this much experience and um, who's done well on this course. Uh, yeah, I had – Scott solely from the purpose that he has made nine straight cuts at the Masters and finished tied ninth last year. Um, a guy that knows this golf course very well and usually plays well here. Um, so yeah, I like I like that Scott pick. Great, good for me. Uh, so we've got Adam Scott, and then totally your call on who uh, who joined Scott in Group Four for us. Um, my second pick here was Thomas Peters. Um, Peters is from Belgium, and he is one of the longest guys that you will see this week off the tee. Uh, absolutely bombs it. Has the ability to go super low, which is always good in an event like this. Um, he finished fourth last year in his, I, I believe, his first appearance at Augusta. Um, but yeah, Pete, Peters is one of the the euro guys that was gaining a lot of buzz over there and has since come to the pga tour um and people are kind of just waiting for him to break through super talented um he was tough as nails at the Ryder cup a, a few years ago so he knows how to deal with pressure in big spots um so i really like peters here sounds good to me uh i'm not gonna even pretend to to be an, a golf expert you are much better at that than me so explain to me and also the listeners, what the uh, the ability to go super low means in practical terms. Uh, he is a guy that has the ability, well, like I said, can just absolutely bomb it off the tee. So much like Dustin Johnson is left with uh, short irons and wedges into greens, which are much easier to control and get to spots that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he shot like 64, 65 at the Masters last year. Got it. So, um, so going super low means he could score very well in a round. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Okay. That's going to make a bunch of birdies this year. It's just limiting the big numbers for him. Yeah. Deal. Right. You can't can't three putt it at Augusta, um, and he's in a good, good position to to use favorable clubs um, after a seat shot. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Um, sweet. I'm I'm all in on that. That's 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 solid logic. Uh, anyone else in Group Four outside of Scott and Peters that that you might have considered here? Um, I think Zach Johnson will be a popular pick just because of his past um, experience. He won at Augusta. He has a a British Open title. 
Um, but he's struggled a little bit this year and at past Masters. He just doesn't have the length that some of these younger guys do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like like we said with the last group, these are guys that probably don't have the best shot at winning this tournament. Um, I think Peters and Jason Duffner probably have the highest upside of anyone in this group. Sure. Um, Duffner, Duffner probably would have been my third pick from this group. So, okay, yeah, that would have been the only other name I recognize in that group. So other than other than Johnson, so um, yeah, I'm I'm good with our picks there. Lots of uh, of of solid logic and and experience. Uh, we will get into Group Five, which is kind of the fun group. Um, here you are getting into the the double digit or triple digit world rankings, um, starting with Bryson DeChambeau, who I just found out uh, is kind of a weirdo. Um, yeah, I can't stand him yeah he's <laughs> he will not be picking him his public approval rating in golf circles seems to be very low he uh he is he, what's his the biggest thing is that i found was that he likes all of his irons to be the same size yeah all of his clubs are the same length and he's like super into science so his golf so screw swing him like, honestly doesn't look like a golf swing he he like he swings basically that his arms are like a a fulcrum so there's no bend and he it's just like all momentum to drive power it's yeah he's hmm. a weirdo so 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 a guy to watch uh hit a couple of balls but not to root for yeah great uh so bryson dechambeau will not be our pick ryan moore that's the guy from Piup, right or or yeah in washington okay uh this one you're gonna pronounce for me shubankar yep. sharma yep you nailed that bank uh, Ted Potter Jr. This is uh, this is golf's bad boy that I was reading about. Um, <laughs> so golf writing is really funny, um, and it it it's kind of like baseball, but almost worse in that you you have to kind of belong. Um, and the the consensus on Ted Potter was that he just didn't fit in with other golfers, and um, and he's just you know he's he's not he's he's not like other golfers and he's he's just not very clubhouse material and and i was so i, so I watched an interview of him expecting him to just like be swearing and being like freaking john daly with you know with this two cigars in each hand um he was like a very normal guy and that he and that yeah. still made him eligible to not be clubhouse material so just kind of funny um how he gets branded and and what he is but he, he was also talking about like like he he's a professional golfer and has won a tournament in the last year and he was saying that he uh you know when, when he really try, applies himself he seems to do well but then he kind of slacks off and i'm like wow what a <laughs> what a relatable guy um <laughs> and so he he seems to be like a very boomer bust like just depending on if he if he cares about augusta he might do well um, which is just a ridiculous statement to say uh so that's ted potter jr um, under him is Billy Horschel, Martin Keimer, uh, Wesley Bryan, Jimmy Walker, Austin Cook, Freddie Couples, Angel Cabrera, Larry Mize, 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 yeah. Mize. Uh, Bernard Langer, and Joaquin Neiman, who I just re- read about. He's a, a Chilean kind of um, prodigy. He's 19 years old in this tournament. And then my guy, Matt Parzielli. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so those last two guys you you named are both amateurs yes. and uh, won the big amateur tournaments to get into the Masters. Can I give you a quick quick thing on Parziali as to why he's my guy? 
Yeah, go for it. We will not pick him. We do not have to pick him unless you have some some actual reason to pick him. However, Matt Parzielli, uh, 31-year-old amateur from Brockton, Massachusetts, which is a couple cities north of where I taught. Um, Brockton is the city of champions because Rocky, they have a big water tower uh, painted the city of champions as you drive by. Um, and it's is because reason it's the city of champions or they just claim to be the city of champions i wish there was no reason and they just said that um but rocky marciano and marvin Hagler, two championship boxers are both from uh brockton and their football and basketball teams routinely kick ass in massachusetts so that oh. is that is why they're the city of champions um so when i found out he was from brockton and, and i know i've been to brockton i've i've coached basketball games in brockton um, I've eaten McDonald's in my car in Brockton. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a place very near and dear to my heart. Um, so when I heard he was from Brockton, I immediately watched video of him hoping that he had a Brockton accent, which is thick. And, and you think <laughs> of your, your Boston accent, it's mostly from areas south of Boston or, or far away, like mm, a good 10, 15 miles out of the city. His accent was extremely disappointing, um, almost like way too normal. And I immediately... And he, so he's all, the other thing with with Parzielli, he's also a like part time firefighter, and so oh, yeah, I heard, I heard about this guy. Yeah, so in the same interview, he's talking and he's disappointing me with his accent. He has this quote saying, "A lot of people think firefighting makes you good at golf. That's just not the case." Now I don't know who thinks firefighting makes you good at golf because those <laughs> skills, while both stressful, are entirely different. Um, so, so Matt Parzielli, between I think he said that, and so he's just using that as a quote from now on. Got it, got it. Yeah, he, yeah, he he has created the narrative that a lot of people think this is going to be easy for him as a former firefighter. Um, that he's just going to walk into Augusta and treat it like he's you know saving a a ten story building from from catching on fire. No man, this isn't going to be a cakewalk, and he knows that. So he's he's kind of talking himself into it. Hey, good job by him though. Good job by him. Wasn't impressed with what he said, and especially not impressed with how he said it. Now I'm debating whether he's even from Brockton. They interviewed his like <laughs> firefighting chief, and this guy has like thick Massachusetts. We're really proud of like I was I was stoked, and then they got to Parziella, and it was it was it was way too normal. So um, quite a bummer. Would be a cool story, but I can't say I'm rooting as hard for him as I thought it was going to be. Anyways, who who out of group five should we take a look at? We've already eliminated two guys, uh, Parzi and then uh, Bryson DeWeirdo at the top. Yeah, so um, I think the strategy here is to just pick two guys that are going to make the cut, which is a lot easier said than done. Yes. Um, and then my other thought here was that we should just take Ryan Moore and Fred Couples because they're both from Washington. True. True. Um, yeah, I mean, for the same reason and that's the that's the benefit. Well, Fred Couples is awesome. That's another reason yeah, to pick Fred, him. Yeah, Fred Couples won the Masters in 1992 and has played in it every year since then um, and has made the cut I think six of the last seven times he's played and he's like a full-time member of the senior tour. So he was actually one of my picks for this group. He always plays well at Augusta. Fred couples, uh, looks 
younger now than he did in 1992. He has he has that yeah. magical property about him. Um, so I I'm totally fine with picking Fred Couples. It makes gives me extra reason to root for him. I think that would go in the Tiger ticket. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'd be good with that. All right, and they're they're golfing together. They golf together today, right? Yeah, they played together in their practice round. See, Picking yeah, up some, and with Phil. Yeah, great. Who wore a button-down shirt in a just outrageous fashion statement? I don't know if you saw that. No, but I am offended. It, it was like he went to uh, Ross and picked out <laughs> a dress shirt. Similar to one that you probably taught in in years past. <laughs> probably one that I sweat through. Oh, I see it now. Yeah, that's yeah. that's bold. It's a weird look. It's a weird look. Yeah, God. Phil Mickelson is a little out there um, in a very normal way. <laughs> like he, he's the weirdest normal guy that you know. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the article I'm reading says – an ill-fitting gingham shirt screams, I trade stocks on Wall Street from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., far louder than I'm teeing it up at Augusta National, a humid 90-degree day. Yeah, he also probably traded those stocks illegally. He's wearing a KPMG hat, so he's he's right in on the financial world. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so despite Phil's just absolute disgrace of Augusta National Golf Course by donning a, a button-up, he is still going to remain on our ticket and is joined now by Fred Couples. So who is our who is our other group five pick amongst these just studs that we have to choose from? I uh, I really like Ryan Moore with this pick. So you weren't kidding. You're, you're all yeah. in on, on, on yeah. our home state. Okay. I actually love Ryan Moore's game. Um, has played well in Augusta in the past. I think he was ninth last year. Um Played super well at the end of the year last year. Um, a guy that can make a bunch of birdies and has three top ten finishes this year already, so he's playing good golf. And, I mean, he's motivated by one thing only, and that's to be the Masters champion and go back to the Piala Fair. Um, yeah. Wearing a green jacket and just downing fair scones. I think that's that's anyone's dream, and he's in a prime position to do it. That's my dream. Oh, when was the last time you had a Ferris cone? Mm, 2007. Okay. I, I worked at the Piala Fair in 2012, 13, 12. Oh, yeah. Missed out on that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> Saw a lot of skin tags at, at that Piala Fair. Um, you did. And, but no matter what, how gross the Piala Fair is, the scones are still out of this world and yeah they're probably the best scones in america see there's kind of these these you're absolutely right there's these things like people keep making scones and every other thing that is making scones just needs to stop and be like let's reevaluate how we're doing things because for some reason this fair only serving amusement park right or like ferris wheel riders Scone Factory in Puyallup, freaking Washington, is beating us at everything we do. So, what are we doing wrong? Um, but yeah, it's totally the case. I've I've had at least I don't know thirty scones in my life. None of them even touch just that hot buttery spectacle yeah. that you get in Puyallup. Yeah, 
the Puyallup is famous for two things: scones and Ryan Moore. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's in that order right now. But after this weekend, could could flop. Rymo is is climbing to the top. Um, <laughs> I I like that narrative going with the Washington connection in uh, in that last group there. So um, to run through these because we've officially gone through, uh, we have Tiger Phil. This is all one ticket. Tiger Phil. Adam Hadwin, Adam Scott. We're high on the amount of Adams, but I think that's okay. Uh, yeah. Fred Couples is our is our five there, and then in groups in our our second ticket we have Jordan Spieth, Tyrell Hatton, Kevin Chapel, Thomas Peters, and Ryan Moore. Yeah, two good tickets. I dig it. I dig it. One of these is gonna hit. One of them is gonna fail miserably. Yeah. Hopefully we. You know what's gonna happen is we're gonna pick five guys that play yep. really well but they're just not all going to be on the same one yep tiger tyrell hatton uh kevin chapel adam scott and ryan moore are just going to destroy and then the other five that we pick are going to miss the cut yeah probably <sighs> can't wait for that to happen um <laughs> but it gives us something to, to to uh to hang our hat on and, and talk shit on and if that <laughs> happens we're definitely going to respond to the like 250 people that are on this email in a, in a reply all F this pool kind of email. So keep that in mind. Um, before we get out of here, I want to do some quick uh, Masters trivia with you. Uh, you're a big Masters buff. You're a big golf buff. Thought I would try and, and catch you here. Um, just a couple questions. I, I We got one of them out of the way with the Spieth and, and Tiger, you know, best 72 round scores. Um, my first question to you is who designed Augusta National Golf Course? Alistair McKenzie. That was not what was supposed to happen. Uh, do you want to, do you want to know like what sequence of of this? Caleb was absolutely right. Alistair McKenzie designed Augusta National. Um, my sequence was that I was gonna say that, and you're gonna be like, hmm. And then I was gonna be like, let me give you a hint. It was in 1933, and you're gonna be like, hmm. And then I was gonna be like, it's not Sister Jean. And then you're gonna be like, hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, none of that happened, and you got uh, Alistair McKenzie right off the bat. So. Yeah, there's uh, for anyone that's listening to this, that's a, a big golf nerd. Um, golf Digest does a really cool thing every year where they um, Augusta National has been renovated a lot in its history to make the course harder, um, especially in '98 after Tiger set the course record. They kind of went away from the traditional layout of the course and made it longer and planted a bunch of trees and they tiger proofed uh, it. They tiger proofed it. Yeah. Uh, so the original design is a lot different than what it looks like now. And yeah, I would, I would say go on to that golf digest, um, article and they have what the original layout looks like of every hole and how they've changed over the years. Pretty cool thing. If you're hmm. into golf architecture and, that kind of stuff sweet i'll check that out uh this one there's two parts here uh well just the first one how many par fives does the course have four four par fives um and which of the par fives do you, do you know what holes they are specifically um well the back nine is 13 and 15 eight is a par five and then I want to say two. 
Fantastic. I think I think you you nailed that. Um, I had it up earlier and I I took it off, but um, there's I I just found a, a link that has like the the highest or the average scores, and there's one par five that's kind of like the cheat par five, um, where that's the the lowest average score on the course, and it's kind of the the one you have to score on. Do you know Do you know what that one is? I would assume it's thirteen, just because it's the shortest of the par fives. You are correct. That was that was uh, that was it. Yeah, so. thir- thirteen is probably you could argue the most famous hole in golf. Uh, the dogleg left with the trees out to the right, and then the creek runs in front of the green. It's the the hole that Phil hit that crazy shot from behind the tree mm. on two thousand eleven. I want to say or thirteen, maybe. And he only knew how to do that because of insider trading. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. As we're finding out, okay. Uh, yeah, they're un- they're unfortunately uh, the club just bought a bunch of land. They're probably going to be lengthening that hole in the next couple of years just to make it a little bit harder. But that's always a, a hole on the back nine that guys can kind of go for to try to make an eagle to get back into it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it'd kind of be a bummer if they made that hole a little bit longer um, and take away from that. But yeah, the thirteenth is probably my favorite hole at Augusta a hole that Adam Hadwin is just going to tear <laughs> tear up this weekend uh on his way to <laughs> to a Thursday and Friday combined score of 162 uh so next one here this one kind of goes off of the course and eh, not really Sergio Garcia winner of the 2017 Masters uh his daughter is named after which flower that is commonly occurring at Augusta Ooh. National, um, I don't. I'm gonna just say azalea because those are the famous ones at Augusta. You got it right. I was supposed to give you options for that, but I didn't, and you still <laughs> nailed it. So you are tearing this up right now, which is just I, I awesome. I believe the thirteenth hole is actually called azalea. All of the holes are named after flowers. They are, yes. Uh, yeah. Azalea Garcia, um, named after the 13th hole um which half of the course the front nine or the back nine has a higher average stroke number front or back uh i would say the front Oof. it is the back mm. the, the front's average score uh is so that the the total score for on average at Augusta uh, is 74.09. So it's just over a two over um, on average that, that, that golfers in, in the, in the, in the masters at, at Augusta national score is an average of 74. So that's the average score. It breaks down to 36.94 on the front nine uh, and then 37.15 on the back nine. So if you have a, a solid front nine score, you are statistically more likely to, uh, to teeter off as you, you go through the back nine. I guess I only said that because it seems like in order to win at Augusta, you have to play well on the back nine. So it seems like all the guys that win usually are a few under par on the back nine. That's why I said that. Yeah, not not a huge difference in terms of scores there. It's a it's a yeah. point point two one between between the two averages. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it is harder than than playing well on the back nine, would especially increase your chances of winning. Um, last one here, and this this one might not have a correct answer, uh, but why is the map of of the USA on the Masters logo drawn so shittily? 
<laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I'm going to say uh, probably because when the course opened, uh, sewing machines weren't as good as they are now. Yeah, you're probably dead on, and that's that's a very logical explanation. Um, however, folks, I think I kind of wanted to do this as soon as I, I – there was like a couple minutes before I called you. Um, if you listen to this and you submit us a better hand-drawn um, <laughs> map of the United States, it has to be hand-drawn uh, and just comment with the picture – uh, on on Facebook or tweet us tweet at us um, with a better hand drawn map of the United States than than is currently the Masters logo, you will get five percent of Caleb and I's winnings on this if we win anything. Five percent of zero, folks, is zero. Keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> that'll that'll come out of my cut, Caleb. I promise. Um, but I like it. It is so bad. It's like it. It really is. <laughs> I've never really noticed that, and I'm looking at it right now. It's really bad. It's amazing. Okay, so if you go around the four corner, anyone who's drawn the U.S. from freehand, um, like you, you just do the corners. And nothing, and and Texas. Texas is okay. Um, Florida is pointing to, like straight up and down, not going out into the east, into the Atlantic Ocean whatsoever. Um, I guess the Northeast is fine. Like Maine is okay. Then you get to Washington and it's just like, it's this little sad teapot over there. But then California is just like, it's just like a a circle. Yeah. Yeah. It's just (laughs) round over there. Um, I guess like Western expansion hadn't happened when they opened the course or something. Like I have no idea why it's so bad. Gary player said this week, um, famous former, PGA Pro, um, Gary Player is the shark, right? No, is that Frank Norman? Frank Norman. That's Greg Norman. Gary Player, great player, um, said this week that even if he was blind, he would know where he is at Augusta. I think Gary Player, even if he was blind, could draw the Masters <laughs> logo better. Uh, I I am stunned by this every time I look at it. So um, that is that is the official prize of this is just just comment with. Um, with a hand-drawn, preferably on like crumpled notebook paper, that would help the aesthetic, um, but doesn't have to be hand-drawn version of, of the United States. Um, no cheating, right? No holding it up to your to your laptop and doing it from there. Um, send us your first take, uh, and we'll pick one, and, and that will be um, that will be our our five percent um, purse snatcher, I guess, for, from that. Perfect. I I I'm. It's it's once it got brought to my attention, I cannot take my eyes off of how bad the logo is. Yeah, you've opened me up to a whole new world with it. <laughs> Logos get changed all the time. Like for you know, tweaks happen. Like the Facebook logo changes. Just like it becomes what goes from like they har- changed har- the golf course like seven times. Yeah, you just said they they literally like tiger proofed it. But in that process, we're so worried about Tiger scoring an extra two two strokes on a on a freaking bender that he was having in the mid late 1990s that they have ignored the logo and it's like i get it golf is extremely traditionalist but wouldn't you like to correctly draw the country (laughs) in which your tournament happens (laughs) i guess we'll i guess we'll never find out because you're right about they're they're probably never going to change it can women play on augusta yet uh, women can play, yeah. They opened up the membership a few years ago. Great. Next step, fix this friggin' logo. <laughs> um, 
I was gonna say if they haven't if women can't play there yet, then that's that's priority number one. But they have they have slowly moved on that. It took them too damn long. Um, but uh, but this this is just upsetting. Um, if 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 they canceled it on Saturday and said, "Holy shit, we really have to change this logo," <laughs> and then fixed it, and they said, "Eh, we only got, you know, uh, you know, we only got fifty-four holes in, but we got a new logo." I'm totally okay with that. And Tiger won. And Tiger won. Yeah, that would that would have to also happen to to keep the masses happy. Um, any any other thoughts about the Masters? I'm excited. This has made me more excited. This has given me ten golfers to root for, um, and uh, a this lot is, to think this about. Is one week uh, a year where I wish I was Jim Nance. I thought you were gonna say you wish you were unemployed because that is also true. Yeah, that yeah, but but Jim Nance goes from the Final Four to Augusta every year, and it makes me so jealous. On the way, he has to stop by the chamber that he has stashed Gus Johnson in. Um, so that he, he won't steal the, the NCAA tournament from him. Um, so he has, to, he has to go feed Gus. But, uh, but yeah, Jim Nance lives quite the life. And and then he gets to call games with Tony Romo in the fall. So good God, Jim. Save some for the rest of us. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but we will anxiously await him saying hello, friends, uh, on Thursday. Uh, well, actually, we won't even hear from Jim until Saturday, will we? Uh, yeah, not, not till Saturday. That's another. So Jim Nance gets to watch the first two rounds of the Nat Masters and just take notes, and and have storylines all ready to go. Get all the riffraff out, all the cuts out by Saturday, uh, so that he can he can just take us home. What a, what a freaking life! Seriously, man. This these last ten minutes have just got me more pissed off about the Masters than, than <laughs> anything else. Uh, a good place to end since we started so hot. Uh, Caleb, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking Masters. I will I will file these for us, and uh, we'll keep tabs on how our boys do. Sounds good, man. All right, sir. Take it easy. Special thanks to Caleb uh, for educating me throughout that podcast and hopefully uh, winning us some money. And then also a big special thanks to Dan Sniffin for that music. Uh, Should be a fun week. Enjoy it, folks.